0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church.
1: On today's episode, we're talking about biblical balance. Welcome back, everyone,
0: to our Families for Life podcast. Here we are. Excited to be here. I'm doing this <laughs> This is actually the second podcast episode we're recording in the same day. You're not
1: convincing me that you're excited to be here. I am so excited to be here. This is a topic. (laughs) Can I say this? This is a topic that we have played around with for a while. And this actually might be a series that we're going to work on at some point. But we thought this would be a good um, episode to just do today Mm -hmm. and at least express sort of our viewpoint of what biblical balance is and talk about it. And then we may give more examples of how this plays out in the future. Today, we only have two examples. Yeah,
0: and this is actually, I mean, I feel like we're doing this because we've talked about this. We found ourselves talking about this so many times, and we're like, hey, that's interesting. We keep talking about this idea Mm -hmm. of balance in biblical principles, Mm -hmm. Um, and so we want to flesh this out Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, So what we're talking about is there's an idea that comes from Scripture. So first of all, we need to be steeped in scripture to understand what we're talking about, right? This is uh, expressing itself in wisdom and maturity that comes from God's word. Yes. Okay. And this is a way of, of thinking and a way of acting where we are balanced in our approach to, to many things I,
0: of life. I, I think the idea is, is essentially making sure we believe all that the Bible says, yes. because sometimes what we do is we grab onto one thing the Bible says, and then we just zealously chase after that thing without remembering yeah. all of the, th- that. The well, Bible—it's says.
1: like living out; it, it's living out a systematic theology in that's, your life. That's exactly right. Because if you look at the idea, you know, and we'll talk through a couple of examples, but even look at the personhood of God. Right. If you focus in on a text yes. where you just see God's judgment and you never see God's mercy, you're going to think God is just this awful judge. Right. And not a merciful God. But a biblical theology tells us God is both of those things. That's right. And so we've got to live life out with a biblical theology. And many times how we think, how we act, Uh, it's got to be of a balanced sort of approach.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we're holding these biblical ideas in tension with each other, and we have to realize the difference between nuance and compromise. So Mm -hmm. one thing we're really kind of hesitant about, (laughs) we don't want any of our listeners to think that we're talking about compromise. We're not talking about Mm -hmm. compromising the truth of Scripture. We're talking about the nuances of Scripture and how many times biblical principles cooperate with each other biblical principles that sound like they're very different from each other mm-hmm. they actually cooperate with each other but they never compromise right each
1: other and so and so that that's when we talk about what biblical balance is not it is not compromise on biblical theological positions especially when we talk about first-tier issues you know right. we we we've, yes. we've hinted about this before but we think about our theology in those first tier issues about who God is, God's Word, who Jesus is, how we are saved, you know, all of those kind of things that we're like, we cannot compromise right. on those beliefs. Yeah. I know God's Word is the inerrant truth of uh, from God. That's right. And I will never compromise on that. That's I right. will not have a, quote, balanced approach right. to that.
0: Yes, yes, that's right, because the balance that we receive is... is that's what we're talking about, biblical balance. Right. And so there's a lot of ideas out in the world, though, about balance. And that's another reason why we want to make sure people understand what we're not talking about. We're not talking about these worldly ideas of balance where you, again, kind of just accept whatever, you know, things are Yeah, we're not talking about
1: balancing your spirit or the universe right. or it's not a new age philosophy. That's right.
0: And that's that's a big deal <laughs> and that's becoming popular in our world today. And, and so it's really important to pay attention When people are talking about balance, like what are we talking about? Are we talking about simply holding to all of God's word or are we talking about um, finding some kind of spiritual existential experience um, beyond ourselves? Uh, This is about a scriptural
1: worldview and how it plays out in our lives, how Mm -hmm. we think, how we act the application to our, to our lives. And so, so let's talk about a couple of examples. Uh, We've got many examples. I mean, we thought of probably half a dozen that we could have easily talked about, but we focused in on two because we wanted to, um, we wanted to, really kind of dive into these. And yes. like I said, we may dive into other ones in other episodes, but tell us what our first one is, Brian. Yeah,
0: so the first one that we want to get into is the idea of emotions and logic. And again, it's not emotions versus logic, it's emotions and logic.
1: Well, we um, understand God has created us as a, as a being to think, mm-hmm. to process, to... Um, be able to understand the world that we're in as we grow in knowledge. He also created us with emotions. That's right.
0: We feel things. We have we have deep ex, you know experiences in our souls that aren't you know, just simply just thoughts, you know, they are, they are feelings. So
1: oftentimes those things feel like they're in conflict. So what we're proposing is a biblical worldview that would try to bring both of those things in balance. And I like what you said earlier, you say you hold both of those things in tension. Yeah, that's right. So we need to understand that uh, we have to have logic. We have to think, we have to do those things. We also have to experience
0: and and emote.
1: Now people will, in all of these things, they will lean towards one way one or, or the other. other.
0: Yeah, we we usually are. We have like a propensity or a natural, like, you know, we normally feel like somebody might be more emotional right. in themselves and somebody might be. So the way I was thinking about it is like, you've got, you know, you've got these just super emotional people and then you've got like the Spock people. You know, yeah, just yeah. All logic, all like that doesn't make sense. And so we tend to be kind of on one side or the other. And that's why we need the truth of the Bible. Right, you know? right.
1: We need to, we need to, if i know that i'm a really emotional person yep. i've got to keep that in check and understand i can't just walk around in my emotion all the time that's exactly right i can't just
0: let my emotions run free but if i'm a spot person if i'm a i'm a very you know logical and i'm not making fun of that um I, i'm that's just a good example somebody who just thinks through things we have to Recognize that and really let ourselves be open to yeah. the Spirit of God moving yeah. in our hearts too. Yeah,
1: and I love what Jesus said. He, he you know, in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, he's going. He's talking about the greatest commandment. He's going back to Deuteronomy chapter yep. six, the Shema, and he's saying, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." Right. And then one adds mm-hmm. in all your strength. Yes, one of the. The gospel writers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is he he's really acknowledging the whole being. Right. You are a person of mind, soul, body. I mean, all the things of heart, the emotion, right. all of the things that make you up are the person. Yep. That is who you are. Right. You need to love God with every part of your being. Yep.
0: Every fiber of your being. That's essentially what He's saying right there, and part of that is your mind, and part of that is your emotions, and and so we do have. You know, it's hard. There are so many places you can look, so many pieces of scripture you could read, but some of the examples I think, you know, we just kind of notice these themes, and one of the the themes you see is is in David, mm. the character, the not character, he's a real person, David, King David, um, and you know he wrote. A, a huge majority of the Psalms mm-hmm. is highly emotional. Yeah. It's
1: really interesting. Part, I'm doing, I'm of doing a study on David right now and publishing some articles on my blog. Uh, sorry, I have to plug that. Yeah, no, quick. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, un- un- unashamed plug.
0: <laughs> I love it. You, people should read it,
1: but I love reading first Samuel and second Samuel, and then also reading the Psalms mm-hmm. in, in what is happening in that time. Yeah. You know, you think about when David, when he, when he was anointed, and then you go read Psalm 23. Yeah. And you think about all that yeah. David, all that David was carried through, his his actual experience was a shepherd. Yes. And then he's viewing himself as a sheep, God being the shepherd. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? You kind of get that external view from 1 Samuel of the history. And then you right. get the internal view of what's happening in his heart. Well, right. really when good. he's on the
1: run and then he's he's holed up in these caves and stuff, and he he does these. Uh, psalms that God is my rock, God is my fortress. You know, he yeah. has all of these great psalms that he's putting forth that are really connecting. So he was a man who had to act. He had to be a brave warrior, but he also felt. Yeah. He also expressed himself in a creative way. And I love him in that because he really, to me, embodies uh, what a godly man, or really just a godly person, but what a especially a godly man is supposed to be about.
0: Yeah. I love using him as an example to, especially younger guys who who aren't really interested in like singing worship songs or yeah. singing anything. Because it's like, guys, David was the manliest man you could ever think of, and he wrote poetry. Yeah. So like, like we can do this. He also and danced naked. or and saying d- <laughs> we need to do that. <laughs> no, not all things are prescriptive. <laughs> but I, I one story that sticks out to me that
1: really highlights this is when he was on the run from Saul, and yeah. uh, he had ended up. By God's chance, they were in the back of a cave. Saul had come into the cave to relieve himself, and his men were like, David, now's your chance. Take him out. God brought, God made this happen. Yeah. But David said, No, God, this is God's anointed. I'm not going to, even though he's coming after me to kill me, I'm not going to kill him.
0: Yeah. That's such a great example of emotion under control. Right. You know, the proper use of emotions. He could have let rage
1: just go. Yeah. He
0: even could have he could have said logically, this is what I need to do. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah.
1: He put both of those things together and understood what is God's will for my life and how do I need to think properly, how do I need to emote properly in this in this way.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. You know, he doesn't always do that. Sure, you know, uh Bathsheba. He he acted simply on his feelings, what he wanted in the moment. This
1: was a big the big failure yeah. of his
0: life. And then and then just kept going, just kept going. And that's why, you know, we need the balance of all of scripture to tell us how to be because You know, if you just operate based on one thing or just logic or just emotions, because again, like you said, that, that was the logical step. Take out your enemy. Right. Um, But this
1: is how the Pharisees got in trouble, right? I mean, they, they focused so much on the letter of the law. It was like, you know, God said that you're not to work on the Sabbath. And like, if they had to wear, if you, if you were dragging a stick, on the on the right. Sabbath, you were working. Right, you know, you're plowing a field. You're not really, but I mean, they got so intense on the letter to law and did not understand God's spirit or yep. God's God's emotion of what He really wanted to have our heart to look like. Right, it wasn't about the heart at that point; it was about the outward appearance. That's right. And so God is saying. We need to bring all of this together so Mm -hmm. that our heart is right first, then we will work from the inside out. Yeah,
0: and a lot of this has to do with your, you know, and we'll get to this a little bit of how this is ultimately fleshed out in your relationship with God. You can't have biblical balance unless you're spending time with God and walking with Him. Uh,
1: Just like we said at the beginning, this all comes out of God's Word. We need to have a deep knowledge and understanding of theology, and this should drive us to know God's Word and to really... Uh, understand God's heart and what He is trying to teach us, and this, you know, you you make you bring up a good point. As believers, we receive the Holy Spirit, yes. and what is the Holy Spirit's one of its main jobs is to teach and lead and guide. That's right. Yeah. So as we read Scripture, the Holy Spirit interacts with our spirit mm-hmm. and
0: helps us to put all of this together. That's exactly. That's you can't you can't do it without without him. Right. You, and that's why the Pharisees had a big problem because they knew every every time Jesus said, "Have you not read?" That was really him like jabbing them because right. of course they had they had it memorized. They didn't have the spirit. but they didn't have the understanding because they didn't. And that's why this is wisdom. It's not just knowing Bible verses. It's having the wisdom of God, being able to put all of the scripture together and live it out in real life. And so Solomon, you have, I mean, Job, you see Job is another person who poured his heart out to God, but Solomon is an example of, of logic and wisdom, which is great because Solomon is David's son. And so you have these two great books of the Bible. You've got Psalms and you've got Proverbs and Solomon here is, and then Ecclesiastes as well. He's, he is just writing all this and he, he, Many times he says a very similar thing, but Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. Yeah. And so you have this understanding of logic comes in to help restrain emotions, but emotions are there to help us be more than just, you know, computing machines. Right. Um, we are human beings in a relationship, but we are also uh, human beings that have to be restrained yeah. by our own mm-hmm. minds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, these are all really great examples. I think the greatest example is of course Jesus, you know. Right. And there were times Jesus was very balanced in both his emotions and his logic. There were times where he had to skew to one side or the other, you know. There was a time when he um had a righteous anger, you yes. know, when when people were selling uh things in the temple, cheating people, changing money, all that. And he made a whip from cords and drove the people out of God's temple. Right. And, you know, that was a period where, you know, he was still in balance. It all came together, but he definitely, like, had to have that emotion to mm-hmm. make that happen. That's right. And so this is not saying but that But even they're... that
0: was driven by his reason of of what was going on. He understood these guys right. are, are, you know... Uh, Profaning right God's house, so there's a reason behind it. It's not just emotion, so it still works together. Yes,
1: and but there are uh, times where we need to uh, act. Yes, where we need or or not act. You know, we need to have this wisdom in our in our lives to know. You know, I need to react out of out of emotion sometimes yes. or i need to act just out of logic but it, it takes that wisdom and maturity to kind of know when that is you know the you know romans paul said i rejoice when you rejoice i weep when you re- re- when, when you weep, weep. Yeah. even even solomon and ecclesiastes there's a time for everything yes. this is this that, is yeah. this is an overall right. balance of your life but that doesn't mean that there aren't times that you're sorrowful there aren't times that you're joyous. I mean, all of right. these things come together right. that's in harmony.
0: Good, that's a good point. So we're not... So biblical balance does not mean... Here's another what biblical balance isn't. It's not saying that you never feel... So like, it's not saying that you're never mostly logical or never mostly emotional. What it is, is it's holding, again, holding these things, the logic and emotion in the proper tension based on the the circumstance you mm, are in. That's good. And so, because again, David... He he's in the cave with Saul and it's not the time, you know, it's not the right circumstance for things to be taken care of. Um, that will be dealt with in the right way. And again, going back to the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, what you just said is so, so true. There is a time for everything. And that's why we need to have, we need to have scripture in our hearts and in our minds. Mm -hmm. And and then we need to depend on the Holy Spirit to help Mm -hmm. us live that out in the moment. That's right. So
1: let's look at our second uh, topic here that we're going to discuss. When we so It's, talk a, about it's biblical a light balance.
0: one. It's a light one. This is
1: one that many people <laughs> may think about or may be very popular to think about, and yeah. it's just a great example of how this works together, especially in a theological sort of mindset. We're talking about grace and works.
0: Yeah. Well, let me just... So let me read this, okay? Let me just read a couple pieces of Scripture to get you to see the kind of tension here, where where this goes. So Ephesians 2, 8 9, it says, For you are saved by grace, you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one would boast. And then in James that's chapter... That's Paul in Ephesians yeah, 2. that's Paul in Ephesians 2. And then in James, uh, you have uh, James 2, uh, he says... He says, But someone may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, you believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham your father justified by works when he offered up Isaac on the altar? Mm. And then he says, So you see, you are saved by works, not by faith alone. Mm. And so you have these very seemingly contrasting ideas mm-hmm. um, being said in Holy Scripture.
1: yeah, and and this goes back to uh, a lot of this revolves around Abraham when the Bible says that uh, Abraham listened to God and it was
0: credited or believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. righteousness. And so they're we, using the same example to say <coughs> seemingly different things, right,
1: right. But, you know, this is where we can really get in trouble because if we focus all on grace. Now, now, here's the thing we need to establish that our salvation does come through faith by the grace of God. Okay. We have no working part to establish our salvation. Right. Okay. So we, we understand that. That is the first and foremost. We cannot work, we cannot establish ourselves. The, the scriptures are.
0: Clear, clear.
1: But what James is is really getting at is how our faith is expressed, how That's our right. salvation is expressed in our yeah, lives. True
0: faith, right? Real saving faith,
1: right? So when we talk about expressing our faith, how we how we live out our faith, many people will skew one way or the other. They'll skew towards grace, or they'll skew towards works. They'll try to say. Hey, I am. It's all about God's grace, man. I don't have to worry about right, anything. Right. Then you fall into the trap of excusing sin, not taking sin serious. It's almost like what Paul's talking about in Galatians, where you have an excuse to sin.
0: Yeah, you know that's what, what he saying? says. Maybe we sin more that you know, that grace abound. Yeah. The
1: other side of that, the other extreme is works, where then people fall into this kind of performance based uh idea of sal- uh, of living out their salvation. You know, I've gotta have gotta work to please God. God's not gonna love me if I don't, if I don't do this, if I don't do right. that. If I'm if I don't read my Bible today, man, I'm gonna disappoint God. You know, you get into this works based uh you know sanctification, I guess you would
0: say, right? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and that's I, that's unbearable. This and is that's where, not what the Bible teaches. And this is
1: where the balance comes in. Mm-hmm when we're talking about living out our faith, when we're talking about the sanctification, we live in grace and we live in the works that God has prepared for us, that's the right.
0: Bible says. That's exactly right? right, yes.
1: We live in both of those things, we hold them in tension, like you said, and we've got to live by both of them. Do you agree with that? I,
0: I fully do, I'm and I'm looking up a verse right now, Titus chapter 2, uh, really, to me, I think that this pour, puts it together really well. And so that's, again... Just read the Bible, you know, look, search the Bible. God has the answers. And so Titus 2, 11, for, for the grace of God has appeared. So grace, okay? This is the free gift of God. Bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to... Uh, so then it automatically instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope of the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. Here's the, here's the thing. Zealous for good deeds. So what this is telling us is that the grace of God is poured out into us. Jesus has come and he has redeemed us by the cross. And as grace is applied to our lives, grace by faith without works we are given a faith that is alive, that is zealous for works. And James is simply adding the, the other side of the coin saying, if you don't have a faith with works, then you don't actually have faith at all. Mm. You don't have the free gift of faith in your life mm-hmm. um, because the free gift of faith in your life always produces a zeal for good deeds, yeah. as Titus 2 just well, told us. Well, isn't
1: this what isn't this what Paul talks about? We go back to Galatians where he says the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the Yes, fruit, the,
0: that's exactly what he's saying. The
1: fruit of... Of the law is going to be sinfulness. Right. The fruit of the spirit is all of the Christ-like virtues that we think of. These aren't things we aspire to, these are things we receive and live out as we live out godliness. And those things, in those things, we accomplish the working of God. So our works come out of the relationship with God. But we also know that we're not going to be perfect. Just like First John says, he he without yes. sin has has lied to himself. That's Right. We are going to need to walk in grace as we accomplish these
0: works daily. That's exactly right. We can't. And, and in fact, grace is the fuel for the works. I Ooh, mean, yeah. that's that's what the that's Bible good. is telling us. And so that's why this balance is so important because because you are going to fail in your works when you when you when you live only in works, you're gonna you're gonna feel the weight, and it's gonna you're gonna crumble under well that. it's
1: like performance and Brian that's exactly what we yeah, can't that's live
0: exactly. up to the performance standard. That's exactly right. That's exactly so right. So we've
1: got to rest in the grace of Christ and allow him
0: to work through us so that we can accomplish the work he set before us. But true rest in Christ does not produce laziness. Right. It produces a zeal. And that's and that's the thing about this guys that's what's so crazy. This is this is spiritual. This is God this is God's doing and 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 so there's no amount of you making this happen it's it's just reading understanding these biblical principles and then and then resting in the holy spirit and letting him li- help you live this out. Right. And so That's right. So I I don't know what you you know what you think about this Brian but the more I think about this the more excited I am to look in scripture Mm. and see kind of the opposite sides of the seesaw, Mm -hmm. you know, and see what, what does the Bible say on this side of this topic? What does the Bible say on that side of this topic? And then what does the Bible say that helps pull those things together? Because if you've noticed, we've had scriptures that end up tying these things together. Yeah. And so there's always this really cool way that God has done this. And we just have to, we just have to be biblical people.
1: I, I think that's really good. As we wrap this up, how do we connect this to our families? You know, what do we, what do we think about when we're putting these things into practice, especially in our
0: in our families? Yeah, in our families, that is so good. I, I think for me, specifically these topics, um, I think the idea of balance, biblical balance. You know, first of all, be biblical. Second of all, balance the biblical principles. But with these specific topics, I think for kids, kids need to see adults who are emotional. And logical Mm. because our world is, guys, look on social media. Like, our kids need to see adults. Who aren't acting like children on social media? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids need to see what it looks like to hold these things in tension and to live this yeah, the right way. And I
1: think it's really good for us to do self-examination if our if our emotions are always getting the best of us, whether it's right. whether it's anger or sadness or even even joy. Sometimes, you know, um, if if that's getting the best of us and we're acting uh, not in a godly manner, that's not going to help us produce. Uh, you know, or help us to disciple our children, and That's so we've right. got to put that in check. Or if we are all very, uh, like like logical right. and c- like cold, like you said, yeah. like Spock, you know, and we're always thinking about uh, things in terms of 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 the law and do's and don'ts and these types of things, right? we are not going to produce godly disciples. So we've got to help our children understand there's a tension there. And listen, we can be okay with that. We need to understand that is biblical to think through all of these things and develop a biblical theology. Our children need need help with that. Yeah. One of the books I'd recommend is Big Truth for yes. Young Hearts. Oh, that's so good. That's by Bruce Ware, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a great book to start thinking through these theological perspectives. And he has a really good heart to, to look at these things in balance.
0: Well, and that's great because with the grace and works, you know, with parents, we're, we're always wanting our kids to to obey and to, you know, mind yeah. us and things like that. And that is good. And, and you really should work on that because that is biblically a good thing but there's also the other side of the coin that is the grace like where do these good works come from they come from love for god that is poured into our hearts they come really you know it says we love him because he first loved us well why do our children love us because we first love them. And so we help them understand these principles of love produces a zeal for obedience right um, and it go it all it has to go in that direction. And so we, we have to you know really ask ourselves a question. As I'm disciplining or raising my children, am I living out a good balance of grace and works, a biblical balance here? Um, even when it comes to my children. That's and so that's a good. hard that's a that's hard so one. So <laughs> good. Yeah. The last
1: thing I want to mention before we close is just to accomplish biblical balance, we must know God's word. We need to be steeped in God's right. word, Brian. We, you know, I don't know. There are many people that have read God's word, but you know, if you've if you've been a christian for a while i'm sure you've you've been challenged to, first of all if, if you've never gotten in god's word had a regular devotional time you need to start you need there need to do that there are others that have been in God's Word for a long time. You need to deepen your study right. and try to read through books and, and try to study them and think through what is God teaching me and start start beginning to put together this theological framework. That's right. You know, if you want to go pick up a copy of Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem, you can read through that and then also read the scriptures. That's
0: right. As as he assigns my, my, my grand Yeah, I've talked about him before. My granddaddy, you know, he, he was a Christian for so many years, hero in the faith. And, uh, you know, later in his years, like when he had, when he had passed away beside his chair, his reading chair was all these theological books and he wasn't a, he wasn't a theologian. He was just a regular, you know, like electrician, um, you know, retired from the paper mill. And he just loved studying God's word because he loved God.
1: Yeah. Theology books are not just for pastors. They're for everybody. So, so wherever you're at, if you're at a, if you're at a place where you've been a Christian for a while, you've studied deepen that study. And then you'll, you'll begin as you know, God's word and you interact with the spirit. God will begin to teach you these things and help you to understand how to act, how to think, how to live within this biblical framework in this biblical balance.
0: Yeah, man. So good. I hope that we get to come back and do some other topics uh, later on. And so we hope that you enjoyed this. Let us know what you're thinking, uh, you know, what other things you would like us to talk about. And uh, thanks for listening. Sounds great. We'll see you you next time. said you didn't care i care
1: (laughs) (laughs) balance a biblical proportion (laughs) balance a biblical bombastic
0: (laughs) biblical topics that are very interesting to you that are balanced there you go that's the title that's what we're going with so i start this one you do